Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Go ahead and pray. Lord God, I thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, I ask that you will help me to teach this lesson effectively and efficiently. I pray that you open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word on the day and help lend us your understanding that we may comprehend what it is that we are studying. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. So, having phone issues, <laughs> so using uh, Mama's phone today, I was determined not to be destroyed. 
Um, and that in itself made me pause because it, you know, just reading about her, uh, her testimony, it, it was two things that came to mind. And the first that came to mind was one, make sure that you were marrying the right person. Um, make sure you're marrying the person that God has for you and not the person that you just want for yourself. But that person that actually God, you know, like you prayed about it, okay, you've been in fellowship and communion with God, so you know that you know that you know that God told you this and not just, well, I just feel like it's right and I just know that this is, he's going to be the one or she's going to be the one. No, make sure that you are marrying the right person first. First and foremost, uh, the second thing that stuck out to me was deal with your issues, right? Um, I think I've mentioned that before, how God is calling out things in me right now, like in this season of my life, calling out things that are bringing things to my attention that need to be addressed. So you need to handle these issues that you've been bearing for all these years that you've been ignoring before you can even think about getting in a relationship with somebody. Like, you can't even get to that point until you deal with this. Otherwise, you're going to bring that into your marriage, and it's going to end up destroying, you're going to end up destroying the very blessing that I'm giving you, right? So for me, Ellen, those are just two, two very um, important things, right? Um, Another thing that she said is that uh, we went to church, we knew the name God, we knew his son's name, Jesus, we bore his name, Christian, but we didn't really know him. We thought we did. (laughs) Um, And she talked about how uh, there was nothing really in their lives that showed them whether or not they actually were true Christians, right? They didn't really have any real examples. Um, and so because they didn't really know any real believers, right, uh, she said we all played church. So even the people who were also supposed to be Christians in their life, like they all were doing the same thing. Um, you know, you have on the appearance of godliness but a lack thereof, right? Um and that's also important. It's hard to know where you're going uh, if it's actually where God is leading you to be, if God is even leading you at all, if you don't actually know God for yourself, if you know him by name only, by title only, right? Uh, you know, Pastor kind of touched on that Sunday, right? You're doing all the right things. You know, you go to church and you you show us programs and you do all these things, but there's a lack of of God in you. Like, there's no real relationship or connection with God. Therefore, you don't really know if he's speaking to you or not. And that is a dangerous thing to go through life on a whim. Because we don't live our lives by Fate or luck, we live by faith and trust in that 
whatever God says is going to come to pass, one, uh, two, that God is exactly who he says he is, and he's got me. So even when I he puts me, you know, somewhere maybe I feel uncomfortable, he's getting me out of my comfort zone, or he challenges me to be better, I'm trusting him in those things. But again, if I'm just kind of going with I feel is right, well, I think, I feel like, that's dangerous. Because that's not being led by God. You basically leading yourself. Okay? So it's very important to make sure that, yeah, you do have uh, a support system, have some actual people that are going to hold you accountable. Now, you got to be want to be held accountable, but that's a whole different conversation for another time. <laughs> okay? Um, so eventually... Uh, you know, she gets she's sharing her testimony, and eventually she uh, she lived. She left her husband. She took their two children with him. Uh, she got to the point where she just couldn't handle it anymore. She really could not. Um, she she just couldn't put up with him being depressed. His depression anymore. Um, and she mentioned that she was self-centered. Um, and as somebody who has had their bouts with depression, some people think that depression, oh, you know, it's like it's not real, right? Like, oh, you're just having a pity party. Oh, you're just being lazy. Oh, you're just making excuses. I have had bouts with, like, some down days where literally you can't even move. It feels like dead weight. Um... You, or you feel completely numb inside. And it's, it's one of those things that's hard to explain unless you have personally gone through that. But I would say it's kind of like if somebody took, uh, you know, these, like some really heavy chains and tied you from head to toe, like not head to toe, but from the shoulders down to your feet and wrapped you in those chains and you can't move, right? And you need to get up. And people are just looking at you like, what, what's wrong with you? Why can't you move? Aren't you an able-bodied person? And you look at them like, I need help. <laughs> you know, like, I need help. What are you talking about? Just get up. Like, don't you see? You just wrap me in. You know, like, I'm wrapped up in these chains. Can't you just get... The thing about depression, though, is that our chains are invisible. And unless you have some type of help, okay, yes, we know Jesus saves. He is awesome. He's helped me. However, I can attest that had I had that extra help and, you know, was able to get access to therapy, could have really saved me some time, you know, so, again, it kind of goes back to you need to deal with your issues and you need to recognize when you need help, okay? Another uh, thing, like she said, she was selfish. It is, again, if you're a selfish person, the relationship's not going to work. It's the only person you think about is yourself. You don't go beyond you, and you tend to have this kind of attitude like, well, he's supposed to make me happy and he's supposed to, you know, 
or vice versa. She's supposed to please me. Uh, okay, sir, ma'am. That's not how. That's not how that works. Uh, your marriage is actually supposed to reflect the church. And Christ, if he was the lead servant, it was supposed to be his example, you know, or he's our example, and we're following his example. We're supposed to serve one another. That means it's not about you. It stops being about you when you get married to somebody. <laughs> so it was a rough season. Uh, unfortunately, um, her husband, he did end up taking his life. And that just, it kind of took a toll on her. Um, but she was still desiring, you know, craving this need of security, of being loved unconditionally. And mind you, you know, this is somebody who's, who's coming out of a marriage where she had been through hurt, this person who's nitpicking everything about you and telling you everything about you they don't like and how you need to change this. Uh, making you feel like something's wrong with you. And you go from that, and then, you know, of course, with his passing and all these things that going on, now you're a single parent with two sons, a young mother at, that, at, at least at that time. Um, and she just started spiraling. And before she knew it, she ended up becoming an adulteress, um, you know, falling in love with this married man. But it wasn't until she was about 29, she finally sought, really sought God for herself. And when she finally recognized him as El Shaddai, which we're going to get at least into the L part, when she recognized him as El Shaddai, right, the all-sufficient one, then is when that need, that desire became met. Okay, so getting into the lesson, right? Uh, we first have to look at um, Abraham, right? Abraham first knows God as El Shaddai in Genesis uh, chapter 17. Verses uh, 1 through 3. Now, remember, last week we were looking at, uh, I believe it's chapter 16, right? Make sure I'm in the wrong book. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We were just looking at 16, right? So, remember, Hagar had ran away. After, you know, Sarah's like, well, our, our season is going to come to earth, and clearly I'm too old. Right? It's not going to happen to me. Um, and in chapter 17, God appears to Abram at that time, and that's when he gives Abram his new name, Abraham. Okay? So let's read, well, actually, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 in this chapter. So let's just go ahead and read verses 1 through 8. I'm going to be coming from uh, the ESV today. Okay, so Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, starting at verse 1. When Abram was 99, 
99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called um, I'm sorry, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And finally, verse 8, And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojourning, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now let's go back a little bit. Okay. So first thing we notice, Abraham was 99. He's 99 years old. Okay. He knows what God promised him. He was 99 years old. I believe Sarah was 89 years old. And they still have not had their first child yet. Okay. Now, in verse 1, when he says, I am God Almighty, that God Almighty is El Shaddai. So he tells Abraham, I am El Shaddai. I am the all-sufficient one. Okay? Walk before me and be blameless. <laughs> and then in verse 3, Abraham fell on his face. He went prostrate immediately, 99 years old. He just immediately was like, and it made me think about myself. Um, You know, when God comes to me and he presents me and he, or he sends me that reminder, I am El Shaddai. I am the great I am. I am the way maker. My promises don't come back void. When he comes back in my life and has, you know, and reminds me of those things, do I complain? Do I sit there and tell and sit there and be demanding like, well, when is it going to happen, God? And you said this is going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. And well, I don't know. I don't see nothing happening right now. Like, do you complain or do you get like Abraham and you just surrender? You just surrender to his will. Because too often we get kind of caught up in our own feelings and ourselves, at least for me. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just that reminder, like, he is El Shaddai. He is the auspicious one. Like, he will keep me in, in whatever season it is. So, yeah, Abraham could have just popped up when God appeared and been like, you know what, God, you've been saying all this stuff for a while now. I'm 99 years old, uh, and I haven't seen any change yet. 
rights. He could have, but he didn't. He just immediately just surrendered and, and fell out. He still frustrated for the Lord, and he was just like, okay. Right? So, um, the author references uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 19. Let's go there. Romans chapter 4. There we go. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Again, this is ESV. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we did need that. <laughs> we did need that as far as verse 19. Right? Let's just read that again. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Why? Because Abraham fell down. In that moment, Abraham surrendered, right? So it's through our faith, okay? Now, 19, that's the one we're supposed to read. So verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the unfairness of Sarah's womb. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. So again, was it like, Lord, you know what, how, how long are I wait? God appeared. He said, I'm El Shaddai. He fell down. He fell on his face. <laughs> he got prostrate quick. Okay. So, uh, author poses the question, how could Abraham give glory to God in such a seemingly hopeless situation, it was because he knew him as El Shaddai. It doesn't matter what, what the situation is, okay? Now, this is where I'm, I'm going to get real transparent. Because doing, like I said, doing uh, the questions at the end, which will, like I said, we'll go over next week, but I'm going to go over them again because I feel like I kind of rushed through them and I want to make sure I take my time to give, like, well-thought-out answers. But that was the thing that I had to meditate on today, like, okay, where is God not El Shaddai in my life? That's actually one of the questions, like, um, let me see if I can find it. Where was the one question? Uh, Oh, has God revealed himself to you as El Shaddai? What does that mean in your life? And so you start thinking, I'm like, you know, there's still areas where I need him to be El Shaddai. Um, I still struggle. I know I'm struggling with, with masturbation, but I still struggle with, like, lust. Um, uh, like, explicit fantasies, basically having lustful thoughts um, in that area, especially with, like, 
loneliness, right, overcome by loneliness or um, stress, high stress situations, or I'll, you know, go to food, right, and now I've been getting a grip on the food, right, and I notice, I think we just do that as people where instead of, again, turning to your Elsa die, you turn to another sin. You replace one sin for another, and you think, well, because this one isn't as bad as the last one, then it makes it okay, and it's not. At the end of the day, you cannot replace God, right? Um, so for me, in other areas, like the the more natural stuff, like finances, um, sickness, or whatever, I know who to go to, right? Because he's the all-sufficient one. He will address my every need in those areas, right? But when it comes to the spiritual things, um, having that intimacy with God and really understanding him in a romantic way um, as, as the love of my life, that area is like, eh, I don't, can I even really, eh? or even, you know, just um, some, of those, some of those traumatizing areas, right? We talked about trauma last week. Having to see him as Elsa die in those, in those areas where there are days where stuff will pop up and it's like, but God, they hurt me. God, they did they did this to me, like, and again, right, we talked about L-O-E, God who sees, he sees you, and he's also El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He will address all your needs. He is there waiting to be that comfort that you are seeking from another person or another thing or a substance or whatever. They cannot meet the need like God can. It cannot meet the need like God can. And I had to really open up today and, like, like I said, really meditate on it and be like, you know what, I still struggle in these areas. Um, or I'll find myself what they call escapism. I'll drown myself in things busy myself in things that are positive, right, like learning languages as positive, but I'm not spending that needed time with him like I need to. Because, again, it's like instead of trying to just, okay, if you would just come to me, God is sitting there like, if you would just come to me and let me do what I do best and let me you know, let me heal you. Let me fill those holes. And, you know, if you just let me do it, you'd be better off. But you keep fighting me because you keep thinking that you can do it on yourself or you're you're so attached to these other things, these methods that you've been just addicted to for however long that <laughs> you're like, well... It doesn't really satisfy me, but it, it you know, it's like a, a pick-me-up, right? It's a, it's a band-aid. But, like, don't you want to be healed? Aren't you tired of, you know, just a patch of job? Don't you want the problem resolved? Don't you want a complete, total restoration 
Don't you want a complete healing? And not just a pat on the back or a little feeling, like an actual complete healing? Sure. Um, but yeah, those are things that even for myself, it's like, okay, I'm processing. And it's like, well, Lord, I, I don't really know how to see you that way. Well, I can teach you <laughs> if you let me. I'm not going to make you do it. God is never going to make you do anything. You just got to wait on you patiently. He's going to wait until you are ready to really let him come in in, in your life and truly do like his word said. His word is true. I think maybe some of the hardest things is just breaking that lie. Um, that was another thing today, just really sitting there realizing that sometimes you can be so caught up in uh, dysfunctionality or pain that that becomes your normal. Um, I realize that for me, like I sometimes I have, I think I mentioned that as well, like I have self-destructive behaviors of self-sabotaging where things will be going really well but if it starts going too well, it's like all of a sudden I become nervous. And then there's that little voice that pops up like, you're not going to be able to keep this up. You know you're, you're going to blow this, right? You're going to, you're, you're going to screw this up somehow. You're going, to, you're going to mess up so bad. Do you really think you're going to be able to keep me? Like, you, you can't even handle this. Are you sure? Are you sure this is meant for you? Are you sure this is where you're supposed to be? Are you sure this is what you want to do? And it's all, it's the craziest thing. It's like unless there is something going horribly wrong, then it's like, oh, no, this this can't be normal. This can't be right. (laughs) Or if only one thing is going right and everything else is in flames, yep, okay, I think, yeah, this this seems about right. No, like why is that? Why is that the thing that you have accepted for yourself? It's not normal, and it's not okay, and it's definitely not what God wants for you. To be sure, yeah, we're gonna have challenges. That's that's part of life. You're gonna be tested. You're gonna be persecuted. You're gonna have to deal with some things. You're gonna have to suffer through some things. But this mentality of I have to be in such a horrible place. I have to, I have to, you know, be struggling so bad I can barely make it. Like, what is that? What is that? Like, this—that's not of God at all. And even that, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, if you have been in a a toxic relationship, I don't care if it was like a a spouse, you're dating them, they could be a family member, friend. If you have been in a toxic or or abusive relationship, it does something to you. It's almost like I said, it becomes that new normal. If you've just been walking around carrying all, all of these hurts and pains, 
mentally, emotionally. That becomes your new normal. And it's like God does not want that for you. God wants you to be so free that even when the storms are coming, when the storm hits, you're still free. You still have peace and you still have joy. But if the only time you have any kind of joy is when there's a storm, then I would say, yeah, something's wrong. It took me a long time before, you know, I accepted that fact. Like, God had to teach me, you, it's okay to be loved. It's okay. You are deserving of love. I love you. You are worthy of that. You do not deserve abuse or mistreatment. You are worthy of love. It's okay if they love you back. It's fine. Even him telling me I love you, like, I can't tell you. The first time that happened, I was like, God, what? what? <laughs> that was a season. That was, that was a rough one. So it's taken some time. Definitely I've come a long way, but it's taking it's taking time, but I've learned to be patient in that time now. I can learn to say like, Okay, Lord, do what you need to do. Help me get there. Whereas, you know, if you had asked me this voice <laughs> you know, two years ago probably. Two or three years ago. Well looked at you like, eh, I mean, I don't know about all that. But when you know him as the all-sufficient one, it becomes easier, right? When you know what that El Shaddai means, and you recognize him in your life, it's just like his name is Lord. When you really know what that word means, then you can really respect his superiority, his uh respect him as a supreme being. You recognize his rule and dominion. And it's not just a title that we give or, you know, just a nice way to, to call him in prayer. That is his name. Okay. So, um, going back to El Shaddai, right? Now, like I said, we'll look at Shaddai uh, next week, but the word L, okay, stands for might or power, even if it's not uh, used for God, okay? So, El-Ri, Elohim, El Shaddai, El Elyon, right? That L in there stands for might or power, even if I use God, it still stands for might or power. So not only is he the all-sufficient one, he has might and power. He is the supreme being. He has everything in his hands. When he tells you that he's got you, he's got you. 
when he said, I will supply your every need, he meant that. Whatever that need might be. I don't have to turn to food. I don't have to turn to uh, people or any type of, you know, substance abuse. Um, Some people might struggle with uh, pornography. I have to go back to those vices, those things that I run to when I feel like I'm being triggered or tempted. I just come to him. I just come to him in that moment and I just surrender over. He has to be the replacement. I can't replace him. I can't, I can't, you can't keep replacing junk with junk. God has to be the replacement. So let him be the substitute. Like I said, yeah, I understand it's a process, but you can't keep using that as an excuse either. But you know, yeah, people don't change overnight, and you know, it just, it, you know, it takes it takes a minute. You know what I'm saying? I just, I gotta, I gotta take my time, and, and then come, come on. But you gotta start somewhere, bro. You gotta start somewhere, sis. You have to start. And I keep using it as an excuse. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah, he knows that you're not perfect. That's why he has grace and mercy. That's why he sent his son for you on that cross and rose again with all power and authority, defeated death from the grave, and put the devil under your feet. Like, come on now. We can't keep using the same excuses over and over and over again. So I'm going to close out. Like I said, we'll we'll pick up uh, with the Shaddai uh, next week. But that's my question for you. Like, really sit there and reflect on where in your life do you not recognize God as El Shaddai? Like I said, the easy stuff is easy stuff, right? Now, even those things, like I said, when I first came to Christ, no, yeah, I'm going to get this done. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, certain things, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even worried about that. He's going to take care of me. But I also have to know with those other things, like I said, those spiritual things, when I'm ready to lash out, oh, nope, you know what? I need to go sit and talk with Jesus. You know, spend time with him real quick before I go on social media and write some stuff down and say. <laughs> I need to do that. In those areas, those weak points. Go finances. I want to go spend this, spend, 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 spend. But the Lord is like, you need to save, 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 save. God, I need to go do this so that I can, you know, I got bills to pay. Uh, do you believe that I'll supply you every need or don't you? 
Well, I got to keep them around because they help pay the bills, but they're not good for you. They're toxic. Are they your God or am I? Really just think on that today. Even the promises in your life, surrender over in faith. It's real easy to do because we just, like we said, we read it in chapter 16. Sarah was like, hey, Sarai at that time. We're going to take this up. We're going to pick it up. Take it in our hands. We're going to, you know, do the promise of self through Hagar. Nope. The guy looked like, what did I tell you? I really meditate on that one today. Right. Okay, so um, go ahead and close out, and we'll pick up back next week. Uh, Lord God, once again, I thank you for the lesson of today. I thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing now, and all that you will do. Um, Lord, help us to just really reflect on those areas where we're weak, where we need you the most where we need to surrender to you right now today in those areas, God. But we love you. We thank you just for being who you are. We thank you that you are El Shaddai, that you will fulfill our every need, that your promises don't come void, that you love us even when we fall short, God, that you are everything that we need, Lord God. We just ask that you continue just to remind us that constantly on the day, just, let your name just ring in our hearts, God. Help us to grow to see you more clearly as El Shaddai in our lives, God. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. All right, y'all. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. Take care and hope that you'll join us again for next week. Take care and God bless Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.